You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. How about now? Hey, guys. Good morning, YouTube. <laughs> uh, Twitch is like, problems. keep going, Lucian, keep going. Um, so they didn't have the subclasses listed, and it was kind of a fun game that me and Danimal and Yoda were all playing because we were all like live casting in the discord. Like, Oh, I wonder what it is. I wonder what this is. I wonder what subclass that is trying to guess. Mm -hmm. Um, If it was really actually pretty fun. I only watched the first two hours because for me, it started at 10 PM. I lasted till midnight and I was like, I got to go to bed. I still have a Friday work day. I'm still kind of tired. I got to go to bed. I'll have to catch up on what happens after that. But in the two hours, um, they do our shows sometimes. Yeah. So long. That's my, and I, I like that they're doing this. I I think it's great that they're the most popular. I feel like an old fogey where I'm just like, I can't keep up with a weekly four hour show. And this is a new show. So full on spoilers. So if you're trying to say Lucian, don't spoil anything. Come back in 10 minutes or something and we'll be done talking <laughs> about it. We're just going to talk about it. Um, the opening scene, a lot of times when Matt opens up the scene and he goes into super descriptive mode and tries to set the mood, a lot of time I, I get lost with him on some of that stuff. Like I'm kind of like he's over, for me, felt like he's overdoing it or it just wasn't wasn't capturing me. But this first one, he starts describing that they're in this, um, he, he talks about the continents and where they're at. So you have an idea of where in the world we're at, Marquette. But oh, he starts sorry. describing. So people are, people yeah. were confused. We're talking about Critical Role. Uh, <laughs> sorry, because you were muted. So they're just like, <laughs> I couldn't oh, hear you. gotcha. <laughs> so welcome everybody. We're going to start over with yeah. Saturday morning D&D show. Uh, Critical Role is what we're talking about. Campaign so 3. There were spoilers. Campaign off. 3. If there were spoilers and you don't want to hear about it, there you go. But uh, so yeah. the, I, I did not watch it. Lucian uh, watched it. So he was telling mm-hmm. us his recap. Go ahead, sir. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he starts talking about a jungle city. And I start really getting into it because he got, he does a good job. And we have talked about my favorite campaign to date to play has been, um, you know, going down to Cholt, you know, playing Tomb of Annihilation with my team and Danimal and them. And that was a really good campaign start to finish. So he starts describing this jungle and this city that sits in it. And I'm like really getting amped up. I'm like, Oh, this is really good. I'm finally like, I'm on track with what he's doing. You know, I was like, this is really good. So, so far, I love the way this has opened up. Um, he's the campaign where they're at, what they're doing. And then he starts the whole thing with, all right. And we get to the first two characters. He like, he sends everybody off except the two. So, and we're just all laughing. We're like, we're going to start your first show. And then you're going to send everybody away <laughs> your whole cast. Yeah. And there's surprises in there. There's um, it seems like they're a range of third level characters up to about fifth level because they were not all the same. I saw and some multi-classing, but some uh, multi-classing is happening I, uh, already. What I saw they were all third level, but maybe not. Yeah, uh Travis was not third oh, level. Really? Travis okay. is fifth level. Yeah, that I saw on the card that they posted up when they did the thing. And the weird thing, they played some really cool stuff cuz you're 2 hours in and they have not brought Travis back to the table yet. So you almost think like maybe Travis isn't playing this campaign. Maybe he gave his seat up so somebody else is sitting there and they've got a full panel and they're playing and they're going and they're doing stuff and they're role playing. And then finally he does come back in. So they're going to have one extra seat. It looks like at the table. I don't know for how long, I don't know if it's permanent. I don't know if they're going to rotate people in and out, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely different than any of their other two. Um, Robbie is the person they've brought in and he was one of the players that played in their Exandria Unlimited, I think was the name of it, which was their kind of like their stopgap campaign they played while they were getting ready for campaign three. Um, So Robbie's in the game, playing his character that he played in that- In the Exandria Unlimited. In the Exandria Unlimited campaign. But also he's not the only one. So Liam's playing his character from that campaign. Oh, okay. And so, there's little, so like, is Ashley. Over here. Ashley's okay. playing her character from that campaign. Uh, Laura has her own. Marisha has her own. New characters we hadn't seen mm-hmm. before. Super cool. Um, Sam 
and uh, Talison are playing two different characters we haven't seen. And I'm calling it now. I believe Sam is playing Ted Lasso as a character. Oh. So if you guys <laughs> haven't seen the Ted Lasso show, you'll have to go see it because I think all the references he's going to be making throughout this whole campaign is going to be relevant to if you've watched that show, Ted Lasso, um, mm. on, I think it's on Apple TV right now or something. We just watched it and just got done with season two and it was super funny. Um, and I then saw, I saw online, and I guess this is spoilers for you, sir, but like, yeah. uh, I think Sam is a robot cleric. Like he's got yeah. like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause they, he was playing that. a little robot. So. Yeah. His, his name is fresh cut grass. Yeah. <laughs> FCG. <laughs> now what I couldn't tell, and I don't remember them showing what Talison was. I think Talison is a custom class. Oh, really? Maybe. Did you get that? He's playing uh, a, He's playing an earth genasi. Oh yeah, I think it was a barbarian or something. Barbarian, but it's not a barbarian we know. Oh, it's like a, whatever it's a subclass. subclass. Okay. Yeah, because he's spending chaos points and he's buffing up powers and things and he's marking stuff off. All stuff I hadn't seen, um, unless it was the wild magic barbarian, which oh, I don't know be. if it was, yeah. but maybe it was or some version of it. Um, so we had that in there, and then Travis finally comes on. And he's playing his character from a Grog one-shot, I believe, or some other one-shot they did where he plays like an 80-year-old, mostly retired fighter adventurer who's coming back, it seems like. Mm. And so oh, he's yeah, playing like is. this kind of interesting character so his, i don't uh, know it yeah his primal path is an unknown unknown homebrew subclass which i there, i wonder if okay. that'll be released in the wizard's book yeah so so very interesting so those are the characters yeah. um interaction seemed pretty good it's it's your typical first the players haven't met each other style session you know that as a dm like yeah where you're trying to bring your characters together and yes you could bring them all to a tavern <laughs> you know or you know however you want to you want to bring them together but it kind of has a little bit of that awkwardness to it to where nobody quite knows where they should go or where they you know they're trying to think of where does matt want us to go so that we meet the other players so we can really get this thing moving yeah um so it has that little bit of, and i always get that in mind when i i've always tried to find ways to bring the party together that's not awkward and it just never seems to be quite right you never perfectly land this group gelling together yeah serendipitously right not just being pushed together because you know we are all going to adventure for the next yeah six months or whatever no and that totally happened with uh i ran kids on bikes last uh sunday and mm -hmm. exact same problem where everybody <laughs> everybody kind of decided to go their separate ways and then one of my players literally said so i'm walking down the street so that he could jump into the action. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're right. You also want to play. We, we just all went in separate directions. I'm not sure how to pull this back together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because everybody's doing their character introductions. and and But it was fun. It was interesting. Um, it's one of those that I'll probably watch the first two, three, maybe four, keep up with it. And then, you know, it'd be too much to keep up on. And then I'll only check in every now and then and see where they are. Mm -hmm. Um but I'm interested at the moment. Um, I thought the, the location sounded cool. The city that they're in sounds like something I would like to adventure in. This is the first time where I thought, okay, as a dungeon master, now now you've given me something that's piqued my interest and I might want to run something there. Right. I haven't gotten that a lot from a lot of the other stuff he's done um, in Wild Mount and those in the you know Taldori stuff. This one was the first one that I was like, oh, this is this is interesting enough that I might want to try to tackle a cool adventure in this yeah. cool jungle top city because it's all, you know, big guide wires and gondolas going from one spire to another. It's supposed to be big, five big spires that are different shapes and different things. And there's carved into the rock the way the, the cities and it's a lot of balconies and mm -hmm. walkways and stuff. And I'm interested to see like, if they get out of there, what's the surrounding land like? What are the things they're gonna they're gonna move yeah. into? Sounds like the city of towers and uh, yeah, so very kind Eberron, of a cool yeah. location to start. I'm I'm interested to see where we go with this one. 
Um, other than that, was there any other cool thing? It was fun kind of live texting with friends on Discord while the show was going on. That was super fun. Um, that's a cool interactive way. Their chat on their Twitch was going by so fast. There was yeah. no way you could even interact. Twitch chat is so just getting... Like, well, especially for those popular that streamers. And then I yeah. think they have it enabled, like, only people that sub can chat. But yeah, they have so probably. many subs now that it's getting to the point where it's like, what? Um, <laughs> I... Oh yeah. I don't know. I was really curious about, uh, or I, I think that's kind of the future of Twitch for me is mm -hmm. those uh, having groups of smaller ones, like like you and your friends watching together, but you're all chatting in Discord or something. And I've noticed that other Twitch streamers are like, "Hey, I'm gonna rehost this so that we can all chat." Like so, my yeah. community can chat about it like live, you know. I was thinking that would be fun for us to do a little bit because we would be you would be able to interact with our chat community yeah. enough to have fun and play little games or have guessing games or like bingo cards or you know it's a little cool things you could do while everybody's watching the show and, and things are happening um oh one thing that i did notice that was interesting and this probably blew this one up um they were sponsored by fool's gold fifth edition kickstarter um so you can go out to foolsgold5e.com and I'm looking out their Kickstarter right now. They're already up to 864,000. I'm sure <laughs> sponsoring the first episode of, and I don't know if it's just one episode or they did a couple of them. Um, sponsoring Critical Role yeah. probably is a smart idea. Well, especially episode one. That's going to get so. Yeah. And I think I heard I from how somebody much that in. Costs. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Somebody in Discord said their concurrent viewer rate doubled campaign two i don't know if that's confirmed or not it just came out of chat but that the it, it definitely sounded like oh, this episode one premiere of, two. of one three has doubled than, that yeah yeah um so the fool's gold thing looks interesting it's got interesting art style i'm looking at it i hadn't really jumped into it till just now looks like your typical 5e setting that they're going to have where you can have you know um different levels kickstarter levels for dice and miniatures and you know, yeah, box so, sets and I, I don't know if you know about Dingo Doodles on uh, YouTube, Lucian. Oh, I know. Okay, yeah. So she's very funny, uh, and she draws a bunch of. Uh, she's actually friends with Puffin Forest. Oh, okay, uh, that makes sense. So Dingo Doodles, and she's very funny. She she does all the art on the book, and she draws uh, little D and D stories, much like Puffin Forest. She's like, mm -hmm. here's a D and D story, and she animates it, and it's funny. And uh, it's interesting because on the top of the Kickstarter page is a Tarrasque. And that's one of her stories is that her players caused a magic. Uh, they rolled on a magic table and it ended up canceling out all magical effects within a huge radius, like a three mile radius. And the dungeon master freaked out because that actually broke the spell that had held the sleeping Tarrasque underneath the city for like thousands of years. So he was playing his world and he's like, I, I guess this happens. And they're level two and a giant Tarrasque <laughs> like erupts out of the ground. And it's really funny. Uh, they actually sponsored my next video that I'm making. So uh, I've been aware of this for a little while, but I am surprised that they were on Critical Role. Uh, but I guess they're they're hitting all angles trying to make yeah. it. Well, it look, it's already looked like it'll be funded. So they're, they're oh, just now they smashing through. $10,000 yeah. goal and they're at 864000 <laughs> yeah. They're fine. Uh, some of the things you can get in it, content-wise, rules-wise, it's a, it's a 5e campaign of the, obviously, of the YouTube um, channel there that they're doing. 30-plus new spells, alchemy stuff, four new races, eight subclasses they're going to introduce, character backgrounds. Um Curse and Wilder magic charts. That sounds fun if it's like chaotic magic stuff. Um, Fugles Adventure module comes with it. 35 more monsters, tons of new items and gear. So and all, all the kinds art of cool looks stuff. like her art. It's really fun. Yeah. So yeah. So very interesting if you're into that. Um go out there and check that out. I thought that was interesting. Um, and I think that's about my recap for Critical Role. I mean, it was. I'm interested. I want to see. Now, I forget when they repost it if you didn't get to watch it, because I feel like they do this weird thing. Monday. Where, yeah, if you don't see it the night that it releases, you've got to wait four days before you can. I never understood. I mean, I think I understand why, because there's some money scheme in there. 
but I just feel like, aren't they big enough to get past that and just release it the next day or put the yeah. bot out immediately? Or whatever? I mean, like, I don't, I, wait four days. I don't think they're editing it really either. Like, cause it's the, so. it's the live stream, but I wonder if they edit it for the podcast. I'm not sure. Cause I know it used to be, they were going to stream on Twitch and YouTube, but they put the VOD on a different platform. They were pushing that wasn't Twitch and streamed. Didn't, weren't they part of a another streaming type subscription CISO based or something weird lap- like that? Yeah, <laughs> I like, don't remember. Yeah, and so they would put that on that one for four days in case you were a part of that as a subscription. You could see that early, and then it got released to the masses. Maybe somebody in chat knows for sure like you said, like on Monday or something, and then it finally pops out. Right. But I just thought that was, I don't know. I always thought that was kind of weird. Well, and if you want to hold it back like that, you can um, True. for subscribers. But I, it would be weird to me if I was a Twitch subscriber and I didn't get access to the VOD until Right, and Monday. I think that's true. So, yeah. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, so I can see that, and that's an incentive to subscribe because you really like their stuff and you want to catch up, and so do it. But uh, also, uh, there was a lot of negativity about Critical Role when their numbers came out about how they made like $9 million or something. Um, But I (laughs) don't think that is a bad thing if you're a content creator to say, well, we're giving this away for free, but if you want to pay us $5 for a subscription, you have access to it earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah, some of the Twitch streamers I've been watching, some of the bigger ones, have been using a lot of that language since that leak of, hey, guys, I'm doing really good. If you want to subscribe, you can. It, I'm I'm well off changing right now. Their, you don't their have attitude to. towards it. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, you guys, because the idea is people are donating. Did we talk about the Twitch leak? I don't even know. Yeah, we did. Did we? Oh, yeah, okay. Two weeks ago. People are donating, you know, their money. And I think the people that, I think the story where there was a, on a component of people being upset would be the story of somebody who go, has a Twitch channel and talks about how they need support. But then if that comes out and you're making 9 million, then that's not the message, right? Your message is, hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for enjoying the content. You're not saying, hey, we're barely making it here. We're barely make, keeping the lights on. Could you guys subscribe to help us out? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're getting a $50,000 a week paycheck or a month paycheck from Twitch. That's disingenuous, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying there's a lot of people who are doing that, but there are people on Twitch, I think, that do do that. They do play on the, they do. hey, if you got $2, just send me $2. It's only two dollars to you, yeah. <laughs> you know, type thing, and I think that's kind of a, a not a way to go. And not that Critical Role does that at all. Yeah. Um, no, I always think of Disguised Toast. He was a or is a Hearthstone streamer, mm-hmm. and there was a big article about him because he was on Twitch, and a and someone said someone messaged him and was like, "Hey, I got to pull my my funding," and he's like, "Okay, like whatever." And he's like, because, and then the guy gave him a reason saying, because of all of these financial troubles that I'm in, yeah. but don't worry, once I get those all taken care of, I'm going to go back to restreaming. And he's, he all of a sudden understood that, boy, that $5 to them is a lot. And I don't that need that $5. <laughs> I can get yeah. sponsorships and all this other stuff. And so he closed all of his uh, yeah. subscription things and refunded a lot of that money for the month. And I don't mm-hmm. know if he's taking subscriptions now. I think he moved strictly to Facebook mm-hmm. because Facebook, this was all during Microsoft with what was their streaming platform that failed? Mi- Mixer? Mixer, yeah. So Mixer. Facebook and Mixer and Twitch were all kind of competing and buying up Twitch Twitch people to be like, now you're only streaming on our channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook did that with Disguised Toast. And I don't know what happened to him because they're still streaming on Facebook. So <laughs> he might still be there. Yeah. But I well, thought that I know, was like, really cool because he just didn't understand. Yeah. But a lot of fans, they feel like they need to give in a way. And it's like, you, you don't like at all. Yeah. And even with this, like if you want to subscribe, if you want to mm-hmm. uh, become a member of, of the Saturday morning D&D show channel, like I know Peter here is a member, uh, <laughs> but it you're, you're really helping youtube more than not not you well i shouldn't say half that. and half it's half and half like it's 50 <laughs> yeah. 50 so you have to think about that like when you're a twitch yeah. subscriber you're actually giving a half of your money to twitch you know 
Uh, well, and, to, and to follow up on that example, Co Carnage may have been watching recently quite a bit because he was playing a lot of the Pathfinder Kingsmaker stuff. He very successful Twitch streamer right now, mm. also on YouTube, very successful there, making money there, has sponsorships and all that. He's turned his Patreon. All of that money now goes to just his mods that help him control. So when he talks about Patreon, he says, nice. "Don't yeah. off." I've, I'm getting so much that I don't really need more so if you guys want to do it it's cool you don't have to do it you want to tip subs you want to gift subs but hey i'm i'm he's like i'm nailing it i'm good don't worry about it you know i want you guys to have your money and i thought that's a cool message to to put out there so and i think that's the right yeah and i i don't know we've talked about economics a lot yeah (laughs) for whatever reasons (laughs) but it's like if you if you if you have enough build a longer table don't build a fence kind of a thing like yeah, bring more yeah. people in to help them and feed them and, and do what have you and, yeah and, and it sounds like role. i think critical role does that uh but also well, and all the business, charities so, they yeah. do and all they, of that they're, stuff they're good so. uh and you know disguise toast i think he did the right thing uh yeah. sure there's greedy people out there sure corporations are greedy uh whatever so would i mean if you don't, if you don't want it, don't put your money towards it. None That's of us are thing, immune so. to it. When somebody starts throwing money at you, none of, don't think you're immune to somebody just throwing money at you to see how <laughs> things change. <laughs> but that's about the critical role campaign stuff. So that happened on Thursday. Uh, keep nice. an eye out for Monday if you missed it. And then uh, I'll be interested to see what next Thursday is and how, where we're at. I've got to watch on Monday to see what I missed because I only made two hours of it. They do a four-hour show. Imagine that too. Ugh. Most streaming shows that me and you have been a part of barely make it three hours, really. Yeah. Um, and you feel pretty tired after doing kind of a three-hour on-stream game with yeah. friends or other Twitch streamers and stuff. I'm exhausted. They're hammering out a four-hour, two hours fully is my, acting kind yeah. of, you know, wow. <laughs> two hours is what I really like in a stream yeah. game. Yeah. At home, I'm just like, whatever. We're we're playing. We'll play till it's till we're tired. Right. But if I'm if I'm doing like a a streamed presenting game like i i don't even like three hours anymore so (laughs) right yeah it's it's tough you need that break in there so other than that other things that are going on here at the very end of october getting close to halloween i'm sure jordan i'm surprised you haven't put your notes on there for what you're doing for halloween because normally you have lots of halloween stuff going on um other things are going on game hole con is happening right now this weekend i've been seeing a lot of tweets and a lot of pictures of people over at Game Hold Con. That one's a popular one up north. Um, I got yeah, to go to it. It's really popular because I've heard about yeah. it a lot, but I don't even know what city it's in. Right near, is it Milwaukee? Is it? it okay. Remember, I, I streamed from it. Oh, that was <laughs> we did a show. WebDM. Okay. Yeah, we, we hung out okay. with WebDM. Um, I was up there for work just north of there, and it just happened to be that weekend. So I drove down, got a hotel, and stayed for a couple of days. And hung, oh, that's and, fun. It's funny because more Wizards of the Coast employees go to that than they go to Gen Con. Yeah, no, nobody from Wizards goes to Gen Con anymore. Yeah, and I saw, I, I saw Matt Mercer at Gamehole Con when I was go. there, took a picture of him. Um, I met and had them all sign my book. Everyone, Jeremy, Kate, um, Chris, they all signed my book that I yeah. bought when I was there, and that was super fun. That is cool. Um, so that was cool. That's a cool small convention, but it's very small. Like it's in a small space. It is definitely not your Gen Con or your Dragon Cons or your, you know, I'm trying to think of all the other origins. PAX Unplugged. PAXs. Is one, isn't it? Yeah. PAX Unplugged is probably just a bit bigger than it. And then you've got Game Hole Con. So it's more of like one of your local game, small town kind of um, conventions for now. Maybe it'll keep grow- growing in, you know, um, popularity. Oh, uh, Matthew Lillard was there. Took a oh, picture of him right. hanging out. He yeah. was, Beatles and Grimm had a booth there when I was there. So it was pretty interesting. So that's there. Um, Game Hole Con is going on. So keep an eye out for that. I did see Paizo was there with their team too. So they're hanging out and selling their stuff. Um, I feel like I was for free RPG day, which I know you talked about last week and you got some stuff for your free RPG day. I went and I looked and I, I kind of perused my game store and I didn't really see a ton of stuff I wanted, but I picked up the Goodman Gaines temple of elemental evil double book sleeve set. And I'm like, 
oh, this is like Tolis. And I'm like, oh, this is good. It's and I'm really like, good. Ah, I put it back. I came no, home. No. I was like, I didn't do it, but I watched a video last night as I was going to bed. They were doing an unboxing and a couple of the Goodman's Games employee were talking about the book and flipping through it. Immediately when we're done with our show today, I'm going back to buy yeah. it. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to run it. I have it to with, have uh... it. So it's I'm yeah. going to run it. I'm yeah. going to run it. It's a so. fifth edition one. And I thought it yeah. would be interesting to run it because you have the original adventure too. Yeah. And I've been playing a lot of old school essentials. Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, I really want to run the old school essentials version. And then with a different group of people run the other, maybe in tandem just to see yeah. how different it is. I thought that would be Ooh. really interesting. That'd but, be a cool experiment wouldn't if it? you could do it. But I, yeah. I, I bought it, like I preordered it and it's beautiful. Like it's so yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, so you do got it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I bought it. I'm going to get it after the show today. I'm going to get yeah. it. No, I preordered it from Goodman it. games and they mailed it to me. Like, I think, I think it was two days before it released. It yeah. showed up at my house. And we love Goodman games. I mean, they're doing a lot of the so cool good. stuff in the old school, you know, Renaissance stuff, OSR stuff. And well, that's they, licensed by, uh, well, they're they're doing Dungeon Crawl Classics. Yeah, uh, DCC they're not creating stuff, a lot of, but they doing... they are starting to create a lot of fifth edition content and yeah, conversion stuff. Temple and, yeah. of Elemental Evil and uh, a lot of those other ones like uh, uh, what's the other one I have? Oh, uh, Keep on the Borderlands and stuff. Yeah, Keep on the Borderlands. They partnered with Wizards to say, "Hey, we want to take these classic adventures and up do you know scale them up?" And so they you have the original adventure in there. Uh, and then you have their fifth edition conversion, which is really fun. And it's huge. And they're iconic. Like it's fun. So yeah. And it's got all the artwork in there. Yeah. He, they'll have some artwork that wasn't even seen. Like he has, they showed a piece which sold me on this. They had a piece that they were going to put on a module, but decided not to. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. was able to get that and put it in this book. Yeah. There's a like, history too. There's oh, notes and stuff about like yep. things they left out. So if you're interested in dungeon design and like RPG design of the old, um, mm-hmm. it's really interesting just to read. Uh, yeah. But Temple of Elemental Evil, I didn't realize it was so iconic until this came out. So and it, classic. I was like, okay, there's a reason that it's like, Yeah. I mean, it's Temple of Elemental Evil. <laughs> uh, there was like Return to the Temple of Elemental Evil. Like it's 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 out there. Um, yeah. The sad thing is you don't get PDFs with it. So Goodman True. Games- it's a big book. Well, Goodman Games, they're, they're very good about giving PDFs out mm-hmm. when you buy a book of theirs because- they're like, you bought it once, you should have access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the contract with Wizards of the Coast prevented them from making PDFs that. of these. And yeah. I think that's because you can they have the original Temple of Elemental module in those books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Wizards is like, but they could go to drive through and buy that. So I don't necessarily want to sell them to give right. that away for free which i don't know maybe that's just my lo- <laughs> logical thinking oh no, they've they but. definitely has a hesitancy to do in pdf stuff yeah but they won't they won't do pdfs they won't they would not allow goodman games to yeah. dual sell pdfs so no so that's the one bad thing is i was looking at it and i'm like i have to run this straight from a book which yeah. i haven't ran from a book in a long time <laughs> like i've yeah. always had pdfs for the most yeah. part, or d I Beyond. think what will work, because so. I am going to run it for sure. I am so jazzed about this. This is my favorite module of all time. This nice. is the one I grew up on. I loved. Um, and I'm going to do it through Roll20, through completely virtual game, mm-hmm. so that I don't have to have it at the table, and it won't be as awkward, like you're saying, to have the big book and to try to figure out you know, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be way able to, because I'll be able to prep everything beforehand, get it all set. Yeah, and then only have to maybe reference it after a session or before a session, versus if you're playing with it at a table, you're right. It's a big book to try to manage. Well, it's mo- two maneuver large around. tomes, and I I yeah. thought it was the original <laughs> and the fifth edition, but it's not. It's like the first half of the dungeon and the yeah. second half of the dungeon. Yeah, I was like, he oh. said this thing is so big it needed two books, and yeah. they just they ran with it. So I was like, wow, this is so good. So yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, so you should go that. get it. I mean, it's expensive, but it's fun. Like, yeah, hundred bucks, cool. I think. But that's okay. It, we're collectors too, in a way. So yeah. you're like, ah, I, kinda, <laughs> I got like, Tolis. <laughs> I'm still, like, I'm still overthinking Tolis, and mm-hmm. uh, so my birthday's tomorrow, and Ooh, birthday. part of me is like, is that? Mm, do I want to? Mm, you know, maybe. Like, I know that's the <laughs> gift that I always Keeps think of. Like, giving. what's that unnecessary thing that I want? Invisible Sun. And Invisible Sun was one of those. <laughs> and I now have Invisible Sun. Uh, I own every Invisible Sun product because I'm, <laughs> I'm stupid. 
but uh Tolis is one of those where I'm like, do I? Mm, yeah. I Money cook really stuff. It's it. so hard to pass up when you, when you start seeing it and you see somebody else flipping through it, or you see some of the artwork or you hear about something inside there. It's like, you've got to have it. Everything Monty yeah. cook throws out there. I just grab because that's so good. So uh, very cool. He's, he's very quickly becoming my favorite game designer. Like I've been yeah. reading a lot of older D and D second edition stuff in, in research yeah. for videos and his name keeps popping up like Monty Cook did this and Monty Cook did yeah. that. I'm like, he has he... lots of interesting ideas and yeah. he takes the, he takes fantasy in some fantastical directions, which is awesome. Cause you think, you know what fantasy is. And then he takes it in another direction. You're like, Oh, that's well, right. Yeah. Fantasy can go that way too. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not just, I want to take fantasy, but make it post-apocalyptic. You know, it's not right. like he takes our existing fantasy uh i don't know like mm -hmm. common knowledge that we all have of dragons and stuff but he'll he'll do these really interesting switches and yeah. that's where i we always get, think fantasy weird yeah and that's where we get like sigil and, and or sigil mm -hmm. and a lot of these other things and these just these really interesting like a donut shaped taurus city and like why but it mm -hmm. but when you start thinking of i don't know i i've really liked him as a designer so yeah yeah so, uh, well, if your birthday's tomorrow, maybe you want to save a few of your birthday bucks that you're getting to, to take part in the Steam sale because they're doing an RPG no. tabletop edition till Monday. And I'm sure that could swallow your wallet up pretty that, quick. That could. Uh, because I was just thinking one of the best things I saw um, J uh, Jerry was saying from uh, Acquisitions Incorporated um, and Penny, Penny Arcade. Arcade. Yeah. He was like, I love that they're putting out electronic editions of board games for that person who can never get their friends together to play a board game. No. Yeah. Lucian. <laughs> <laughs> he can then enjoy Gloomhaven because I've always wanted to play Gloomhaven. Yeah. I've never got to play Gloomhaven. I'm going to get to play Gloomhaven if I go buy it on a steam sale or something, if they play yeah. this digital version and of it's, it, it's not. So this sale is the is, same, but yeah. well, I want to point out this sale is like actually a, it's it's both tabletop rpgs but it's other just yes. it's just rpgs like so yeah. um you've been playing that uh pathfinder, pathfinder wrath game. of the righteous so and good. i think i think kingmaker is out there yeah uh, and, and a few others you could probably Celesta, get Div divinity Baldur's sin Gate, which is really fun divinity sin, one and i two. was surprised and sad that uh Baldur's Gate 3 is not on this list. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh Disco Elysium is a game that I really wanted to get. Yeah. But um yeah. So but there's there's two Gloomhavens. There's one that is the actual board game, isn't there? And I then think there's so. one that's like I haven't researched. Or maybe it yet. it's the same thing. I don't know. But yeah. it looks like it's out now because here it says Gloomhaven October 20th, 2021. So that just came Yeah, out. I think it just released. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, Gloomhaven's so good but yeah here's fantasy grounds for cheaper which is awesome mm -hmm. so lots of cool rpg stuff out there for those oh, yeah, of you that like to play it on steam 60 percent off so yeah. yeah yeah there you go i tried playing number two and it was tough i'm having a lot of fun in wrath of the righteous if you haven't got it yet yeah it's I a high recommendation it. for me because it's good uh there's a i have to be quiet about this there's a rumor that a nintendo switch oled might be appearing tomorrow oh so if that happens i'm going to be playing a lot of uh a lot of metroid <laughs> <laughs> goodbye everybody you have to act do you have to act surprised when you see it uh well i was on yeah i do no <laughs> not in a way not necessarily but i i i said like hey i want one and then i was looking online because they were like sold out everywhere and I was yeah, like, oh, chip shortage. and because of the chip shortage. And so then I was on <laughs> my friend, Alan, who's a really cool guy. He is very invested in getting the scalpers to stop with oh, PS fives yeah. and stuff. PS fives so, the worst. Yeah. So he was, he was like, here's how I got a PS five. And so he went through all of these steps. He's like, you can use these same steps to know when they restock. Like, and so I, I signed up for all these Twitter notifications and discord bots and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so when a new one would pop up, it's like, here you go. So I was on GameStop, just like hitting refresh, being like, I'm going to buy this for myself. And I, and I didn't get it. And I was complaining to my wife that I'm like, oh, I didn't get it and whatever. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she left 
and came back with a box and she's like don't look at this and i'm like what did you get she's like don't even look at it and i'm like where I'm did doing. you go how am i on like 15 different notification <laughs> boards and you queen. walk out and get <laughs> like did you and she won't answer and so i could see the yeah. face that she wore because my wife would have done the same thing if i told her man i've been trying to get this i'm on all these websites she would have said let me show you how the professionals do it. Yeah. She would have came back with it. Yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> like, probably what How did you do this? <laughs> uh, Shopping professionals. And I'm not I'm not a big uh, console fan anymore, but mm-hmm. I'm a big Metroid fan. Yeah. And so when they when they were showing that and saying it was the bi- the best Metroid game since like Super Metroid, oh, I'm like, uh, and people are raving about it. So I <laughs> oh, I really really want to play it. So nice. Um, cool. And it's something you can do while you're watching your kid right next to him. You can be right next to him. Oh, no, out. probably not. Because he's going to want to touch it and play it. And I, <laughs> he needs I his tried own. playing the, because we got a Wii U from a friend and I tried playing yeah. uh, games next to him, but all he wants is to uh, hold it Interact. and play it. And then, so then I got a dummy controller because, you know, you're yeah. like, oh, you're your little kid brother. Here, have the one that's not plugged in. But he <laughs> doesn't. Uh, he's like, no, this doesn't do it. And so then he wants your control. He, so he figured you out. <laughs> so frustrating. But it's uh, awesome. We'll see. I don't know. It's it's fun. I I uh, I haven't been playing a lot of video games um, because I play too many RPGs and other stuff. Uh, but I do love video games. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, go check out Steam. I love Steam sales. They're fun. Me too. They hit my wallet so hard. I love all these. I've got hundreds and hundreds of games. I have to sometimes tell myself take this weekend to play games you bought and never touched yeah because i often will buy them and forget i have them and then be playing something else and there's been a lot of great games that have come out i don't know if you've noticed it too it's like my wallet has been burning up there's been good computer games there's been good kickstarters happening recently there's been good rpg books coming out that i've been wanting it seems like every week i'm spending fifty dollars on something that's like this game of this or this book of that or this PC game of that or this console game of that. And it's just yeah. like, whew. Yeah, so I, I've been buying a lot of RPGs lately and I told myself that I need to stop. Because I need to play them. Yeah, because I need to play them or I need to utilize some aspect of what they gave mm-hmm. me in some yeah. way. And I think this circles back to, we were talking about just the the oversaturation or the bloat, I guess, of mm-hmm. D&D in general, and that we really do all want this. Like, I know you want options. I want yeah. options. I want all this stuff. But you think about all of these new classes that have come out for D&D. And let's just talk about D&D 5th edition. But all these new yeah. classes, all these new settings, all these new adventures. And I have played a fraction of them. Yeah. Like, as a player. And on top of that, I have ran less. Yeah. you know and so and like a greedy child i keep asking for more so <laughs> i haven't gotten to those there's the I want more. there's that idea of like is and, and i think wizards took the right approach chris perkins said in an interview that he's like when i write a adventure i want it to be an interesting read for the dungeon master mm-hmm. and there was some twitter thread where people were saying like have do you just buy rpg books to read for fun and i'm like that's totally me like yeah i'm reading elemental temple of elemental evil I want to run it, but at the same time, I'm reading it just because it's fun. Like, it's a cool adventure. Uh, Icewind Dale was like that for me. Like, I read that cover to cover, and I'm like, this is just a fun adventure. I don't think I'll run it, which is sad because it's Mm -hmm. good. But is it sad? Is it a waste of money if I don't do it? Like, I don't know. I always buy because I want to play it, but I should be telling myself, you know, you're never going to get five friends together to play Gloomhaven. So, why are you buying this big giant box? of gloomhaven stuff because it was on game. sale and that's but why i, I want to play it and i so think it's though. cool and i want to have it <laughs> and i probably will never play it but the same thing with the rpgs i mean i'm buying all these rpgs yeah. that are so cool yeah we never have the time or the mine's more about the group i think it's so hard to find groups that play non dnd stuff and it's it's a yeah. it's a trope at this point to say that and so many people do say it but it's hard to get somebody, a group of people, say four people excited about Delta Green that want to play a two-year-long campaign. I can find, I can throw a rock and hit anybody that wants to play a D&D 5e campaign for two years. They're scrambling and looking for DMs at this point. But to say, hey, I got this cool idea for Delta Green. Or I got this cool idea for Aliens. I'm just not finding that group that's, as, right. that's that excited about it. You know, I they'll out. play a one-shot. Yeah. 
I lucked out because you know? I my current DCC game. I said, here are the options, and I I put like Invisible Sun out there and a bunch of mm-hmm. other stuff, and then they came back and they were like, no, we really like like Katie sold us on the on the funnel. She said it was really mm-hmm. fun. We want to play that, and I'm like, okay. And yep. this has been the longest like non D and D game that I've played in a while. Like it's yep. fun. So oh, I did see on Twitter too, sort of off topic, James. Our friend James Wall, um, he's diving into Mothership for the first time, and the book has grabbed him like something fierce. It's really good. We should get him to run Mothership for us. <laughs> I would, because I've yeah. always wanted to play that game, but I found nobody who wants to run it so that I can learn how to play it and learn how to understand it. Because I've read it, but I didn't understand it enough that I thought I could run it. He'll dive into it and and yeah, do he, it. He'll understand. I've got it. it. We should contact him and say, James. No, we should. I, I would love that because <laughs> that's a game that is also that's on my me, list. But yeah, I yeah, have it. That one's on my list. It's really good. I'll reach out to him, see what he's doing, okay. see if he can pick it, get a night. Zris points out in chat that you can play Gloomhaven solo. Right now, you can. Oh, do you mean that they have in the, the actual board, board game. game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. It's because... a little difficult because you have to you have to use multiple characters, but it's also kind of fun because you can level up those characters. Yeah. Um, I bought that legendary game, which was the card game that we played at Gen Con together. And we had like four or five of us sitting at the hotel and we were playing. And I thought it was, you always had to have at least two or, you know, two to four, two to six players. I just reread the rules in there. There is a way to play that board game as a solo too. And I should, oh, so some of these board games do have solo mode and I just didn't know about it. So that is something I should be looking into because that could be a fun way if you don't have a board game group that's willing to play board games with you that maybe you could play some of the solo yeah. solo versions. You know, and I, this would, I'm just thinking like my content creator brain is thinking, mm-hmm. but if you got cameras and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to film myself playing Gloomhaven solo, but then mm-hmm. ask the chat for assistance. Like where should or I go? Or let them play the other people. Like, well, not, not yeah. actually play the other people, <laughs> but like, if you just ask chat for yeah. help, I would watch that. I think that yeah. would be interesting. You know, if you like the person that's streaming, like you like their personality, that's mm-hmm. always the key. But I I don't know. Now that I think about that, that, that could be a lot of fun to just like, all right, it's like Friday night, Gloomhaven. I'm going <laughs> to play with Twitch. And we're going to just play Gloomhaven. Yeah, so. that'd be cool. That's a cool idea. I like that. Um, I want to do Legendary. I've got a couple other board games that I bought at Gen Con that I've never gotten to play that just seem like really fun, fun games. But. Nice. So that I think is about our news. Um, here we are at twelve fourteen. It feels weird, Jordan, jumping into oh Pathfinder stuff. The only thing I came up with is that they were at Gamehole Con. Oh, they did form an employee union at Paizo. Is the big news? Yeah, we talked about it last week a little bit. Um, um, so apparently, they working conditions are union. just not the best. And uh, chat was asking me last week, "Well, what do you think about that?" I'm like, "Well, I'm." I'm I'm pro union, like let, <laughs> let people control their work environments for the better. So that's awesome. So we'll see where that goes. I didn't know that things were so bad there, but I guess I don't work there and you don't hear about that because of PR teams, Sure. but Blizzard was the same way. Like all of a sudden this stuff came out from Blizzard and I was like, what? Like, I, I didn't know they were such a terrible company, <laughs> like in, in yeah. or covering up things that they shouldn't have covered up and yeah. Yeah. And definitely for some, because I have two friends that work at Blizzard right now, and they absolutely love their jobs, and none of that stuff happened to them where they're at, but there's obviously some stuff that happened to other people in Blizzard that was definitely unacceptable, but they love their job. Like, when they got that job, and they're like, I'm going to work for Blizzard, it was like a dream come true Mm -hmm. for them, but I have heard that, you know, maybe they don't pay their programmers enough, or maybe they don't pay their, your people considering the giant monstrosity of games that they have out that you think they could. So I think there's, we talked about this again, I was two weeks ago too. You must talk about last week that the idea that there's a movement right now of workers looking at their company owners and saying, Hey, you guys are making a lot of money. Maybe you could share a tiny bit more of it. Yeah. And it's all going (laughs) to like CEOs and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no stakeholders i would really like profit sharing to be a thing again yeah (laughs) because we like a company is all of us make this together yeah a company is people a company is not like this separate thing and without people you don't have a company and so anyway 
So I, and it just seems like a big movement right now, which I think is a good movement. It's a good movement to reassess, hey, are we paying our people a, a proper amount? Do know? we have a sustainable business model? Do we even have a sustainable? Yeah. Or have I been exploiting my workers? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So their other the other thing is their their book out is Gears and something, which is Gears and Guns, Guns and Gears. Yeah. They Max brought that to stuff, their right? yeah, really cool stuff. Um, so if you're into that, I'm still I keep looking at the Pathfinder books. I keep thinking about picking them up and starting to get into it. They have great artwork, they have a great system, different than D D, but similar enough that you understand it. I don't know. It's a good company out there that I haven't really spent money on. I give Wizards of the Ghost money all the time, and I just feel like, you know, maybe Paizo should get some of that money that I spend every now and then. They they seem to have, you know, uh, people that are putting a lot of their heart well, they, into their Yeah, they kept that RPG so. torch alive when 4th Edition was running around, you know? Bombed out, um, yeah. Because it was like, people want this. They don't necessarily want the D&D brand, you know? Right. So. So that brings us to what me and Jordan have done gaming-wise in the last week or two, really, because I wasn't here last week. Um, but what about Jordan? What you been doing? What's Halloween going to have for us? Oh, Halloween next week? So, uh, well, I ran my annual Halloween Kids on Bikes game uh, last Sunday, and that was at the table and recorded it. And I feel very bad. I don't know if uh, LB is still watching this show kind of occasionally. Uh, but I got mm-hmm. LB and Lex and Kugo the Mighty and Harlan from Better with Better Than Heroes. He runs a Spelljammer game. You guys should check out. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, do you guys want to play Kids on Bikes? And they said, yes. And then we got into Scheduling Nightmare. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to play. So all of the prep I did for that, my Dungeon Crawl Classics game on Sundays, I said, do you guys want to play Kids on Bikes? And they were all on board. And we had the most uh, hilarious game about the urban myth Polybius. I don't know if you know about Polybius. I do not know this urban myth. So in 1981, in uh, the uh, Portland, Oregon area, uh, a a mysterious arcade cabinet appeared in uh, video game arcades across Portland called Polybius, is the rumor. And it was black and it just said Polybius on the top, which is an ancient Greek uh, the, the name Polybius is an ancient Greek philosopher or mathematician, I forget. But the idea is that the men in black put this in and it was a way to test mind control. So the game, like you would play the game, but it, you didn't really know what you were playing and it was just controlling your brain or something or causing seizures. Who knows? And then mysteriously they all vanished and the government won't talk about it and blah, blah, blah. It's a it's an urban myth. Who knows? Love uh, this. I took the Polybius myth and applied it to this kids on bikes game that I ran. Uh, we had so much fun, like tears streaming down our face laughing. Yeah, like it was awesome. awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to work on that audio today and I'll release it on the jocular junction and on Patreon podcast and maybe Saturday morning D and D show podcast. Why not? Like I can do all three. Uh, if you're interested in listening to an actual play, uh, we had a lot of fun. I just have to edit it down and clean up the audio a little bit. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Like, and I love that I have a Halloween tradition of kids on bikes. Mm-hmm. It's been so much fun. Such just a good like, game. Like it's, I just love that game so much. So it's so good. <laughs> uh, other than that, I was playing in my, uh, my uh, DM Nathan, who's running yep. uh, his DM home Nathan. game. We're currently in a place called Nellaloom, which he told me to the side, like, this is the Feywild. He's just like, I just don't call it the Feywild, but like, this is the Feywild. And I'm like, okay, cool. His version of it. His version, yeah. And so we're running around Nellaloom. I'm not from here, but the rest of the party is. They're all like Nellaloom natives who accidentally got spirited away to the Prime Material Plane. And now they've made their way back. But three months for them has been five years in Nellaloom. And so they're like, the repercussions and everything's happening. Like, what is going on? So I'm my character is hunting for an evil alchemist that is evil, and yeah. my organization is out to That's get do. evil, terrible people, magical <laughs> things. So I'm hunting him. They're following, or I'm with them because of safety, and they know the area. Uh, but we we went to an Aladrin city, and I forget the name of it, but everything was built on like pyramids, and it was just like crazy architecture, and so like. 
pyramids on top of pyramids and inverted pyramids and just like uh, tetrahedrons everywhere kind of a thing. We went to a gladiatorial arena where they put 20 slaves versus a like baby green dragon. And, oh boy. and we didn't like any of this. So ultimately we ran in there to try and like stop uh, the, the slaves from dying and to stop the poor dragon from getting killed. Cause it was like, this is just awful. Then we met a party member's father who said that some organization came in and just started controlling everything. And that organization, the head of it in this city is the alchemist guy that I'm trying to find. So oh, that's okay. where we ended. We're level nine. <laughs> I'm very excited to keep playing because I want to know, like, I got to get this guy. Um, oh, and the alchemist is a uh, mind flare. We are slowly learning. Like, I thought he was a human for the longest time because I was only aware of his oh, actions. He's mind but flares. now he's he's a really terrible mind flare. So it's it's been a really fun game. Best uh, bad guys ever. Yeah. I was playing a monk... Uh, an elven or a uh, oh, sea monk. This is the one you yeah. changed, right? And that I changed you, you, to a tiefling yeah, bard we talked about this. that I'm having a lot more fun with. Uh, so my tiefling bard, Rubri, the, cool. she's really cool. And I've never played a, a girl character before, actually. Like, But it's uh, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. So do you think, I remember, we, I don't even remember if we talked about this after show or was it on show. Do you think the monk class is broken? I don't think it's broken. I think it's not fun. You just don't, you, you didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And I think you it's think not. You think others would like it? No, I think it's, well, I, I guess it's broken in that sense. Uh, okay then, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. much like how the ranger, um, like I, you can have fun with the ranger and you can mm -hmm. have fun with the monk. But when you're seeing your friends do all of these really cool things and you're just like, okay, uh, Hunter's Mark, you know, it's not it's not nearly as fun. It doesn't have that satisfying feel. Mm -hmm. And I think they need to change things about the monk. Uh, I don't know how to change it, but I, I didn't like it. All right, interesting. Especially the monk of the four elements. Yeah. Maybe other monks I've, are more fun, but that one was not interesting. That's fun. the one. I only got to play that one for like a session and I enjoyed the session I played it in, but I did get to play it long-term yeah. or through like level one. I think I was already level three or something, but you know, it was like, I have not played, Monk has not been a class I played in D&D &D 5e much, yeah. unless it was a one-shot. So I have not really had a lot of experience with that. I it's just, interesting. I don't think you have a lot of, you don't have a lot Options. to do. And yeah. when you don't take Stunning Strike, uh, or you decide to do something other than Stunning Strike, it feels like I should have just done Stunning Strike. Yeah, and so I, I want thing. I want that to be removed and reflavored into other things so that if I do an attack, maybe there's a chance of stun or, or a similar yeah. status effect, but they stunning a monster is too good. Even if it's a monster with legendary resistances, cause then you're burning those legendary resistances for one key. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I do that with the warlock a little bit. I try to stay away from the Eldritch blast. Another problem. Yeah. But you kind of need it. does it. have <laughs> tools that you can go to that you can kind of work around it and you can whereas maybe the monk just doesn't have a better option at that point like when you have one option it's always the right option that means you're always going to do that one option well and you get yeah, it automatically so yeah. you always have it you can't even say like i didn't take stunning strike like you always have yeah, it and that's it. how i felt like i had all of these cool things where i can manipulate water and I could freeze water and I could flood areas and I could water whip and I could do, I mean, it was like, that sounds so cool on paper, mm -hmm. but then I start saying like, well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm unable to do three attacks. If I do this water attack, yeah, uh, all the and economy three attacks up. is three chances for a stun. And those three attacks do more damage. Those three key points have a higher chance of helping the party mm -hmm. versus doing less damage using more key points to cast water whip and it not doing anything. So, uh, interesting. It was not fun. Much like, uh, we've talked a lot about the ranger in the past, but yeah. the ranger is the same way where, you know, yeah, I played a ranger that was fun. Yeah. I could care. Yeah. I, I, know I love my beast ranger, and my ranger but, was fun, but like <laughs> it, you know, yeah. you have problems when your pet dies in a single hit and then you lose yeah. half of your ability to do things. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
Interesting. Well, everybody out there that's listening to that, let us know if you if your monk experience was any different, why it might have been different, or maybe you had the same experience. Let us know because I had no idea. I I would not have said the monk class was broke until after we started talking about it. I would not I either until I played it. it. I thought it was yeah. fine. I I was like, hmm. I don't know, but interesting. I don't. Yeah, I don't like it. Very interesting. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I made it down to the ninth level of the dungeon of the mad mage congratulations Halaster. which is where hallister yeah has a school a school a wicked think of harry potter rated r or <laughs> saw the director created it kind of school okay <laughs> twisted harry Twist, potter twisted, magic school okay twisted magic school that's cool <laughs> and uh we're we're finding out all these interesting weird sadistic mages or wizards or witches or warlocks or whatever he's training or schooling there and it's a it's been an interesting two of our players have decided to become students my Eric Coker Archer doesn't have anything to do. So he's been wandering around the halls meeting people. So I got to meet the kitchen staff, which is ran by demons. I got to meet some instructors. I got to be, and they're all like, man, your character had a lot of fun in the school. He's not even a student. I'm like, I'm just wandering around because they're doing the student stuff or whatever. That's they're trying awesome. to figure that out. And I'm just, I'm just like wandering That's around this fun. campus. And it was super funny. And our, our dungeon master really got into it. So it was kind of fun. And, and what was even funnier was, they were told because their students enrolled, they said, go to your room and prepare and you'll have like an entrance exam or something. So they go to their room and they're getting ready, but we're not enrolling. So it was like me, the Echo Knight's Echo is going to follow me. And then one of the other players, familiars, it's us three wandering the halls, meeting people. So when we come up on some student or some person, they basically see an Aarakocra, you know, Arcane Archer, a shadow echo of of a warforged mm -hmm. and then um uh a kazi is a uh uh quasit familiar oh okay so that's us three just walking around asking people and our whole thing was hey where's the cafeteria was the whole thing and so they're like you gotta go that way or you gotta go this way and we met up with other people and it was just a really funny funny episode so it was kind of like in my mind it was like oh it's kind of like Strixhaven, but darker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, and I was talking to Danimal. I was like, maybe you should get the Strixhaven book and we could play Strixhaven right here, right now. He's like, oh, that's a good idea. Um, and then Critical Role, the very first scene, the very first character screen, they go to a school to like a library or something. They're trying to find information. I'm like, yes, Critical Role's watching our show. They stole from us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been pretty good. We're down on level nine. We're mapping it out. Um, I'm sure fighting and combat's going to break out at any moment because we're definitely a murder hobo group and it just always happens that we end up um you know burning through stuff that's been really cool and then i don't know it was the middle of the night <laughs> one of these nights i start typing in mine and yours chat on our discord where me and me and uh jordan talk about the show and i'm like i got this idea for a class the demon bag sorcerer that i always brought up and i'm like i want to do a demon bag sorcerer infernal contract sorcerer which would be for devils and the angelic artifact, which would be for angels. So like the, the demon bag is your bag can contain demons and you use them to pull them out and they fight for you or they do stuff for you or they're utilitarian or they guard you or they do whatever. And then the infernal contract is you, you're basically a person that goes around as a sorcerer and gathers four to five by the time you hit 20 contracts of devils that you can call upon to help you throughout your adventures. So you're basically an infernal contract sorcerer and they're part of your gear and you have like a whole crafting of how you create the contracts and how you bind these devils and stuff. And then the angelic artifact would be anytime you find a piece of um, artifact that has the essence of an angel or an essence of one of the type of the, the divine host, not the gods, but the, you know, the, the, cause there's all kinds of different angelic type celestials creatures yeah. out there, celestials. Yeah. And so you, you create an artifact that as you put the pieces together, you can call for a limited time, you can call that angelic, whatever. So maybe it's a cherub or maybe it's a, you know, it's an actual true angel or maybe it's Pegasus. You know, an ASMR or maybe it's, yeah, anything that's, that would fall into that. And then that would be, so almost like summoning subclasses for the sorcerer i was just thinking i was like oh 
So I'm typing all this in Discord, and I'm just like, my brain was on fire with ideas as I was going. That's through. cool. And it's just like one of the. It was like midnight. It was like midnight <laughs> or one o'clock. I'm typing that in, and Jordan's like, "Yeah, that sounds good. Go to bed." <laughs> you know, <or> whatever. <laughs> There's a lot. You, you, and uh, Lex also. They'll message me, and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." And it's like 10:30, and then I think yeah. about it, and I'm like, "It's like one in the morning. Go to bed. <laughs> like, what are you doing?" What are you doing? I got this idea in my brain. I can't get it out. Um, so. I th- No, it's a fun idea. I think the step you should take is mm-hmm. see if you can make all three of those into a magic item or three different magic items. Yeah, that's and so if, the bag. And if they work, we could you can extrapolate yeah. that for a class, you know? That would yeah. be interesting. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that they had to have physical things. So the bag has on the outside of it, all of the runes and things you would draw into it or all the things that would contain the demons that are in there. And your bag would have to grow more powerful as you got le- leveled up to bring in more powerful demons that you were mm-hmm. going to have. So like at some point, you maybe you want to get a Cambion, but you would have to modify the demon bag to be able to contain because you start out with maybe just like a closet or something, or maybe you yeah. start out with like a, you know, and that's all your your bag can contain. That's all the power it can contain. And then the the contracts were basically, I was thinking like the scrolls that you see on Warhammer 40K or Inquisitors, they carry the seals yeah. and they carry rolled up scrolls on their armor and they can use those and you would rip it open. And then you could call, you know, maybe a demon to come out and or a devil to come out and help you, a barb devil come out and jump out and help or something and so you that's you know it's like a physical thing yeah. you're interacting with yeah, and then the if artifact we can find be cool because uh it sounds similar like i want to do the same thing but with a puppet master where yeah. you have like an automaton that you control but what you're saying is like oh i have to upgrade my bag well that yeah those rules could apply to i have to upgrade my robot yeah it could be an and artificer so, you could uh, go that router well yeah. no like, not even just an artificer but like like i if my point is, is if we can make a pet class san- standard set of rules, oh, yeah. you could go and flavor it these different routes, and that would be really interesting. So yeah. I don't know, because I really wanted to do a, yeah, a puppet master where, like, I could like uh, project into the puppet, and then mm-hmm. so you could hide your physical body, but your puppet could go in and fight and do cool things or something. What is the name of that guy in Nar- Naruto that yeah, does that? That's exactly what it's inspired. Yeah, uh, I forget his name too, but. He's uh, so cool. Yeah, I love the puppet master. He has like a puppet inside a puppet, and the puppet yeah. jumps out and starts fighting. Oh, I love it. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So, and if we we've always talked about if we ever do our own five e campaign setting, those might be things that could show up in like a campaign setting that we could do where we could add in some subclasses or we could add in a new class or yeah. you know add in some other stuff just for players, not just for DMs and stuff too. So. That's how my brain worked. And I played a bunch of, I know we're at our time here at this point, but um, our Pathfinder, man, I finally got past chapter one on one of mine. I've got five saves of different characters I've created. One of them is past chapter one and it's so good. I'm loving it, but I'm like, I'm going to get the second one past chapter one now. (laughs) So I'm finally getting into that part where it starts to open up and you start to get troops and you're going to go to big battles and there's a whole tactical layer plus the story that's going on and the story is fantastic the um voice acting is fantastic the rules are fun it's got a few glitches here and there every now and then like i try to do a charge and it stumbles or it doesn't work right because of the way the map is or but it's still a good representation of playing a dungeons and dragons game you know and it's just super fun so if you don't have it definitely pick it up or put it on your steam sale and when it hits 50 percent off or something grab it like totally worth it then yeah yeah for sure I love it. That's it for Lucian's gaming. I'm looking forward to more gaming. And when we're done here, which is in about two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, I'm going to get Temple of Elemental Evil. Yeah. It's so cool. I should hang on. Hang on. Show it to him. Show it to the cut. Here you go, boys and girls and everybody else. Look at this. Look at this. There's the iconic art. For uh, for the kids at home. Like it's this double uh book like it comes in this slipcase. Yeah. it's so cool and it's number six they've done yeah. five other yeah. of these conversions oh. look at that and it's like it's super thick yeah these are really beautiful cool. they're really fun and they've got um you know ribbons in them they're like stitch bound mm-hmm. it's like super good quality but yeah 
classic art. And that, that was one of the things they were saying on the, the video I was watching. They were like, could you imagine being around in the art direction department in the 80s at TSR and Wizards of the Coast? It's just like classic. No, if you're if you're a collector, I think these are really <laughs> worth it. Because uh, that's right when but they I haven't said... ran it, so I don't know if it's like, oh, this is like a great adaptation. Uh, but yeah. yeah, they're it's really cool. Yeah, so. they yeah. said this this book had come out, not this one, but the original Temple of Elemental and Evil was exactly the time they started ramping up Dragonlance. So imagine oh, right. in that art department, they're ramping up to make all the Dragonlance books, and they're getting all that artwork together, and it's being created right at that time. And yeah. that artwork is iconic. It's pretty hefty. It's like, it's super cool though. I really like it. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. fun and hefty and awesome. So <laughs> go get it. We'll talk about it next used for week. home defense. Somebody breaks in, just throw that at them. Takes yeah. them out. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, that's our show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, we will be back next week. And I'll tell you all about my birthday, I guess. I don't know. It's going to be fun. We're going to watch Dune tomorrow. Very excited for that. I hear that's a popular movie. Uh, birthday weekend started last night. I went to our gorgeous local old historic theater and they were showing older movies and we watched oh, right. Beetlejuice in a sold out theater. Oh, God, 700 yeah. seats. Classic. And people were cheering and clapping yeah. and dancing to the songs. Oh, it was Insane. like, and I Every love that movie. Word. So much yes. fun. So much fun. <laughs> So I'm I'm in I'm on cloud nine. I'm doing really well today. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And yeah. take care. Let us uh, you know join the Discord. Chat with us. We're always in there. And uh, I'll see you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.